the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Welcome to the Jewish Hour. This is the Purim edition. We've got a wonderful show for you today. In this half hour of the show, we'll be interviewing Hani Kamenetsky, who is the Chabad Shlucha, the representative from the city of Dnieper, Ukraine, who is now in exile. We call her in exile. She's in the United States, which is where she was born. But we're going to talk about her, her experience and what's going on in the Ukraine there. The second half hour of the show, it is the portion of Tzav, which is... Then Vayikra, Leviticus, chapter 6 and following. We may talk about that, but this is the Purim edition, so we're going to talk about Purim for sure. And uh, hopefully it'll cheer up and make your day happier. That's what we're trying to do today. We've got some Purim music throughout, through the show. We've got, in fact, let's see, in fact, looking at my playlist, we've got, yeah, all three songs are Purim songs. We have a wonderful Hasidic story at the end of the show. Stay tuned all the way through the end. Before we do anything else, let's go right to the news. A terrorist stabbed two police officers at the Lion's Gate in the old city of Jerusalem. The officers suffered moderate injuries. The terrorist was shot and killed by security forces. Israel is gearing up to accept 200,000 Ukrainian Jews and 600,000 Russians in response to the war. Israel has already allowed 25,000 non-Jewish Ukrainian immigrants, including 10 children with cancer, to enter the country. Israeli President, other news, Israeli President Yitzhak Herzog met with Turkish President Recep Ergodon um, in Turkey. Diplomatic ties between the two were broken after a Turkish ship tried to break the Gaza blockade in 2010 when nine Turks were killed. A four-year-old boy from Jerusalem is the first Israeli to get polio since 1969. The boy was not 
vaccinated, all you anti-vaxxers out there, we're not just talking, uh, you know, COVID. We're talking heavy stuff. This kid's going to be affected the rest of his life. Go get vaccinated. And some good news, an extra $1 billion with a bee-like boy for Israel's Iron Dome system and is included in the upper in the upcoming U.S. budget. That means there's 550 from last time plus another billion. So it's $1.5 billion for Israel's Iron Dome system. There's also provisions for increased monies for synagogues for target hardening on their homeland security to strengthen their buildings against terrorist attacks. Anti-Semitic hate crimes in New York City were up 400% in February. That's a lot. A bomb threat was called into the Jewish Community Center in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. No bomb was found. And several schools in Toronto were spray-painted this week with swastikas. And that's the news. Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurances accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Herschel Finman here. You are listening to the Jewish Hour. We've got, for your listening pleasure, this is Eighth Day, a new song specifically made for Purim. It's called A Gift for You, and Purim is a time when we give gifts of food to other people and gifts to the poor so that they can also have a happy Purim. And just to let you know that a person on Purim should give at least two gifts of food to at least one person and two gifts, uh, one gift of charity to at least two people. Let's listen to Eighth Day. I'll be right over, I can't do 
Friendship and kindness melts a heart of stone. And that's why Purim, you can't do it alone. Making the rounds, gonna see who's home. I'll be right over, I can't do this alone. I got a gift for you, I got a gift for you. assurance of quality and excellence in kosher look for the michigan k on the label what's it look like the lower peninsula of michigan with a k it's a symbol of the michigan kosher supervisors go to their website mycosup.com that's mi for michigan ko for kosher and sup for supervisors mycosup.com and find this month's featured products you'll find michigan k products wherever fine food is sold especially at natural food patch on west nine mile road in ferndale Herschel Finman here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. We have online Hani Kamenetsky, who is the Chabad representative of Nyper, Ukraine, and is currently in New York. And we're going to discuss what's been and what's going on. How are you today, Hani? How are you? Great, Baruch Hashem. Good to hear. Good to hear. Okay, I want to get some background before we get into what's doing on now. Okay, so how long have you and your husband, Shmuel, been in Ukraine? 32 years, Baruch 30, 32 years. Okay, so when you arrived 32 years ago, what was there as far as, like, the general overall community and as far as Judaism was concerned? Um, it was 1990 before the coup and the fall of communism. People would look at us in the street and turn uh, crossover, thinking, what is that? We don't want to have anything to do with that. There were all the schools in the city were closed during communism. There was one school left. And that was the show that we came to when we first came. There were not that many people. And on a daily basis, I would have to go out and look for Jews to make a minion. There were older people there that came, that, that were there all the years. But they didn't have a full minion all the time. That's actually amazing. I didn't realize that was always. Okay, so communism fell a couple years later. And, uh, no, the next that year. That, that year. year. Okay. And, and we were supposed to leave, and the Rebbe said not to leave. People were very worried when the coup happened. Uh-huh. So people were thinking that it would be dangerous for you, and the Rebbe, who was alive at that time, uh, instructed you to stay. And so what I, happened with the fall of communism in Nyper? At that time, which um, was called Nyper Petrovsky, yes. I think that... We didn't really feel much as a difference between the day before and the day after. It was a little scary. We didn't know what to look forward to. We hadn't spoken Russian that well yet. Um, but we just continued our work, and it didn't really 
it didn't really make a huge difference. The only thing is that people started helping, wanting to be part of it, coming to school, seeing that there's interesting for them. Many people were looking to go to Israel. We would help out with that. Anyone we'd meet. Just a few weeks later, we'd see them also at the train station. Um, it was actually quite sad. Some people even swallowed their jewelry because they weren't allowed to take it out when they were doing Aliyah. And some, many people left. And we thought in our minds, you know, so if everyone's leaving, there will be a few more years, a few less years, and then we'll leave together with them. And, and you're still there, 32 still there. years. Okay, <laughs> so you said something very interesting. You didn't speak Russian well. Did you learn the common language more Russian than it is U- Ukrainian, honey? Um, today and in the future, if it will be Ukraine, they are learning much more Ukrainian. When we first came, it was still Russian. Even though the people in the Shetla, like the the outskirts and the of the city, in the little I don't know how you call it in English, um, they speak Russian, Ukrainian. But the schools and the center of the city, they were all in Russian. I didn't know any Ukrainian. In the last at least ten years, Ukrainian language has been much more. My children speak Ukrainian. They learn to read and write Ukrainian. And Russian. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Well, on the way to becoming polyglots. Okay. So, in the last several years or so, Ukrainian has become a democracy. There was, it wasn't the greatest of democracies. The previous leaders weren't the most uh, honest of people. But Judaism did thrive. So, tell us about, say, like what was going on in, in Nyper and uh, surrounding areas for, like, say, the last 10 years as Judaism grew. Well, Judaism grew. There's only one way to say it, and that is that someone had a vision of what was going on, what people deep down felt and were hiding from so many years, being oppressed by communism, and they really wanted to be part of it. And that was the Rebbe who sent us out there, and people thought they had no money, nothing is going to grow, and here you have one and another and a third, and people want to be uh, have a part in the Jewish community. Buildings started going up, organizations. Obviously, people from the whole world already started coming. The Federation and the Joint, the JDC, and we've had a connection with the Boston Jewish community since probably 1991, and they helped us open a clinic. Not only, not only Yiddishkeit, not only Judaism, but also to take care of taking care of the people and their health. They opened a part of a, a children's clinic, and they would come visit and bring us humanitarian aid. I'm talking about the 90s. And then many other people started coming, visiting, and the local people thought, you know, why have people from out of the country help out if we can help too? And they would... They also wanted to support the community, and then many communities learned from one the other. We learned from Boston, and people learned from us, and they started having boards and being part of communities and started building up shoals and helping out get get back the shoals that we had. 
more schools opened up, more people started coming, schools, old age homes, kindergarten. Actually, the plan is now to build a hospital in our city. Amazing. Please, Amazing. God, made that happen. Okay, just to allow our listening audience to know, I know Hani uh, Kamineski, who is our guest today. She is a representative, a Chabad representative, a rabbi's wife of the city of Dnieper, Ukraine. We, I know her since I think you were 12 years old, as I am very close with her, her father and mother. I remember when you first went, your mother was telling me that you had problems and she would send you things like makeup and toothpaste. At what point did you stop having to require your mom sending you basic toiletries because the Ukrainian stuff just was subpar or non-existent? Or do you still Many require? Years ago. Or did you yeah. require? You still require some crest being sent in the mail? Well, the truth is that we still get mail. We actually get invitations from America, believe it or not. But when we first came, never mind the toilet paper wasn't wasn't available. Toilets weren't available either. The first time I met a toilet, I was looking for it, and it was just a hole in the ground. After I paid some change, that was a, an eye-opener for me. My children don't even know what that is. Um, we do sometimes get a kick out, Mrs. Dash. Uh, You pull them spices and maybe some Cheerios, but for a very for costly, we can get almost anything. We have already milk products, and the truth is that my husband was a shochet, and when we came to Dnieper Petrovsk, believe it or not, he would take the chicken. We didn't have much money. He would slaughter. I would, or cut, you know, shech uh, the chicken, and I would take the feathers, pluck it, check the insides. See the appendix between the the kidneys and the the whole chicken. By the time I koshered it, I wasn't in the mood of eating it, but that's how we lived when we first came. <laughs> we don't have that anymore. We have chicken and meat, and it's very nice because many people buy from us all over Ukraine. There are milk products, and there's even a safros center where people write Torahs, mezuzahs, tefillin, and export uh, matzahs all over the world, including um, Australia, get our matzahs from Dnepa Petrovsk. I mean, what, what do you say about that? Only a huge blessing of, like, why people choose Dnepa. I mean, there are so many amazing other cities where they could have, where they could have, you know, begin their businesses, and they choose this city. There must be something special. And yes, that's thanks to the Rebbe. Indeed. Again, our guest today is Hani Kamenetsky. She is a rabbi, its wife, the Chabad Shlich. I'm going to stop saying that. She is a Chabad Shlucha, the sh- uh, representative in the city of Dnieper, Ukraine, and is currently in exile from her place of, her Makam Hashlich is her place where she is being exiled to. Now, Dnieper boasts, the, and people are amazed when I tell this to people, Dnieper boasts the largest Jewish community center in the entire world. It is a seven-building complex with uh, the middle structure in the shape of a menorah, and the goal was when it was built that you could see it from the space station. Tell us the backstory of that, behind that, Connie, please. <laughs> you might have to bring my husband on your next, because um, I'm not really well. You know, when people say to me, you're going to be building a building, I'm like, okay, fantasies. 
But Baruch Hashem, whatever fantasies and help people wanted to help us out with worked out. So my husband had this these visions together with other people, and when they had it, somehow in a very short amount of time, I think maybe in two years, I'm not sure, um, it was built by very special people, and I must say hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people, have come to visit Menorah and been taken care of. And now thousands and thousands of refugees are all over um, being helped by the rabbi and many other rabbis and members of our community um, and all our institutions are hosting refugees right now. Okay, so let's bucket up. And in the Menorah Center, in the Menorah Center, um, there's a hotel, there are wedding halls, people, all different um, people from all different walks of life do seminars, doctor seminars, different things in the city. The food is all kosher, and that's one of the um, things when people come and do their their projects and their high tea, computers, offices, synagogues, mikvahs, all in the center, sochnot, to the joints, all the people that are, all the Jewish uh, organizations are all in the menorah center as of now. Okay. When she says We're the joint. We're very happy to. Go ahead. I understand. Go ahead. Go I ahead. said when you say the joint, it means a joint distribution committee, which is in charge for distributing yeah. funds yep. to yep. the. Yep. Everybody, everybody just calls ADC. it the joint, but in this country, nobody knows what the joint is. So just to, to get that clear. Okay. Now, I. And called the Jewish Federation also. And Sochnot. Uh-huh. And uh, the consul, the Israeli consulate. Is also in Menorah. Wow. So and the Chesed. I mean, there, there's many things happening there. It's like, is there anything else in Judaism that's outside of this Jewish center? It sounds like it's become the uh, catch-all for everything Jewish in Niper. Well, we have our school, our yeshiva. We have a school for boys and girls that's a regular Jewish day school, a yeshiva uh, from age uh, grades 1 to up through 11, and so a machon for religious girls from grades 1 to 11. Um, and then there's the yeshiva Ktana, which children that are want to go further in the yeshiva world, we have a yeshiva, and we're planning to open a yeshiva Gedaila for boys from all over the world, actually, come to our yeshiva Ktana and hopefully do that with the yeshiva Gedaila. And there's an old age home. All this is not a menorah. And then because of corona, many people opened minyanim as they weren't allowed to be an, a large sum of people together. And they... Um, we have many base Chabad around already with other minyanim and other things. There is also a seminary of girls, a, a teacher's, teacher's pedagogic college called Betchana. And kindergarten, I mm-hmm. Okay, it's a happening and place. And I'm sure there's more. Yeah, okay. So now, three weeks ago, I called you at your home in Niper. And I said, this is when, when, like, the first or second day of the incursion. And I asked, what's happening? And you very casually said, I'm playing games with my grandchildren on the floor of my living room. And now you are in New York City. What transpired in the last few weeks that caused you to pick yourself up and leave Hani Kamenetsky? Well, that's a hard question. Um, people were being bombed in cities very close to us. Shulchan were leaving, and many people were leaving, and my husband just didn't want to take the responsibility 
of having, I, I didn't only leave myself, I left because of my children. I have young children and grandchildren, and they left, some left to America via trains to Odessa, and then crossing the border another 25 hours in a small bus with no bathroom, and then crossing the border to Moldova, and then crossing the border to Romania, being in Bucharest and coming here. The others went to Lvov, including myself, on a train for 22 hours, and then stood in the cold for three hours, and then eight-hour drive to the border of Romania, and then a two-and-a-half-hour wait, and then a, another three hours to the airport and flew to Israel. And from Israel, I came here with other children, and my other children went to Warsaw, and they're in France by my son-in-law's parents. My husband and my son are in Dinafropetrovsk, helping thousands of people leave and be helped and feed them and give them water so that they don't be hungry and take care of them. Okay. Actually, a woman this morning, when there were bombs in Dnepropetrovsk, said she doesn't want to leave her house. Her windows are cracked. She's asking the Jewish community, please, to fix her windows. She does not want to go to another place to live. Fascinating. So now, so let's talk about it. So you felt the need to leave because of your kids. Your husband and older son, adult son, did they choose to stay, or was the government say you're not going because if need be, we're going to put you in the army? Um, the people in the army are Ukrainians. We don't have Ukrainian citizenship. We only have a green card. Um, anybody who is Ukrainian over 18 till I think the age of 60 have to go to the army. Uh, my husband doesn't have to, and the shluchim are there by choice. Okay, and so now you're saying that Nyper is a place, it's a sort of like an in-gathering for people in the communities. They're now coming in, they're using this massive JCC as a shelter. So describe what you might be, I'm sure you're in, you're in contact with your, your husband. What's his typical day look like now? Just taking care of hundreds of, of people going in and out and, and helping them out, some by train. People come from Kharkov, a bomb city, completely devastated with their pajamas, and they need to be fed and taken care of and taken care of by doctors, actually, to make sure that they are healthy, old people, young people, and just helping them do what they would like to do and try to make them as comfortable as possible. Okay. Now, so you mentioned before about a matzah bakery and the... Uh the, the amount of matzah which puts out, is put out by the Ukrainian matzah bakery in Nyper is actually quite amazing. As here in Detroit, I would say at least a third of the matzah which is consumed comes from Ukraine. There is, I was told, a shortage because the last loads of that matzah, which was probably baked in the last month or so, couldn't get out. So is there a plan for the distribution of matzah? Are you, is the bakery still baking matzah? And uh, ha, what's the condition of the matzah bakery? And what are plans with that? Tanya Kamenetsky. I have no idea what the plans are there. Um, I can't imagine that the matzah bakery is working full-time because we have curfew. It was at 10, it turned to 8, and it might get um, earlier and which means that the people can't come to work before 6 and can't leave um, either. So I don't, I, I don't know. 
and you need to speak to Robert Mayor Sambler. Mm-hmm. Not going to, but okay, understood. Okay, so now you're in New York. So what's now for you personally, Connie Kamenetsky? You're gonna. I'm sure you're not going to be just like you're not on vacation. You'll still be doing your whatever is required of you. So, what is required of you personally while you're in New York? Um, my husband requires me to daven for him. Pray that everything should be okay. Um, I told him to go to school. It has been overwhelming for them, and that's hard for them to come to a school here. That's so his language. You're breaking up. So. Um, just one second. Just one second. Mm-hmm. Oh, business here, folks. Grandmother, thank you for the compliment. Okay. We are with Hani Kamenetsky. She is the Shlucha, the Chabad representative of the city of Nyper, formerly Nyper Petros, formerly Yekaterinoslav. Uh, Ukraine and has been evacuated. Her husband and older son are still there helping out with the refugee problems. And uh, are you back yet, Connie? Not yet. We've been talking with her, and uh, Sniper has the largest Jewish community center in the world, which is being now used primarily for a refugee center. It boasts a hotel and uh, and halls uh, like. Uh, uh, wedding halls and schools and this type of thing, and so it's being utilized now for taking care of all the refugees from that part of the Ukraine. And are you back? Not yet. Yes, I am. Okay, good. Okay, so now yes, 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 you were saying I by am. what what we're saying now, what your responsibilities now are as a shliach to Niper, shluchan to Niper, in living in New York. Well. Firstly, my children and my grandchildren should have um, a place to be and go to school, try to get them into some regular daily routine so that they don't have any more trauma, that they should try to be in a calm situation as much as they can. Um, And I'm in touch with most of the people in my community. Many of them are in all different countries in the world and some are in Dnieper. I try to try to WhatsApp, try to be in touch with them, ask them if they need things, people call, asking to get out, elderly. Same thing as everybody else. We're actually, you know, helping people out from wherever we are. Understood. Okay, last question which a lot of people have been asking me is there has been a worldwide concerted Jewish effort raising funds for the Jews of Ukraine. In fact, in Jewish Ferndale, our little city in Michigan, for Purim, we'll be having a benefit concert for Ukrainian refugees, and that's going to be on this coming Thursday, March the 17th, starting at 7.30 and going till about 11.30, and it's uh, just a donation to, uh, we're not making any money on this. All the, uh, all the artists have uh, donated their time. And uh, so it's going to be at Jewish Ferndale. So the question is, is the situation, what's going on over there? So there's a lot of money that has been already raised. Is it getting through, is the question. Well, I can only say that um, I know funds have been raised, and I'm not, I'm not really in charge of the funds, but if there's, 
if there's something that you need to find out about or where to send through to, I can find out and let you know. I'm not sure how it's being sent, to whom it's being sent. I know people are calling me, and I know that it can go through um, Chabad.org. Just you need to write Ukraine and what city it should go in, and that's Rabbi Kalarsky. And that's something my husband has um, an account there, and that will go through. I don't know about any other organization per se. I'm sure there are millions of dollars going through, and people want to help. And I know that people are doing things without money because they need to be helped whether or not there are funds. I know my husband is funding a lot. Here, hold it, hold it. And um, I can let you know if there's something you want to know to where, you know, funds should go. We're, we've been t instructing people to do the Chabad.org slash Ukraine, and that's where the... Uh, um, there from. might be another... There might be another account that I can find out. I'm sure there are hundreds and thousands of dollars being, you know, sent through. I'm not. I wish it would be something that would just be amazingly organized. I'm not sure that that's, you know, I don't know exactly how that works. But okay, I'm, that's great. Okay. Um, we appreciate it. Okay. Hani Kamineski, Shlucha, Chabad representative from uh, Nyper, Ukraine. Right who is now currently in New York because of the situation there. We wish you that you have Hatzlacha Rabin. This uh, experience just becomes a, uh, a distant memory very quickly and wish you only in, you and yours only continued success and it should be a happy Purim. And thank you so much for coming on. Thank you and um, this is special for you because I don't know if I would talk for anyone else but because you're so close with my parents and I'm really appreciative about that i know they really are fond of you and your family and i want to wish you lots of nachas and a freilichem forum and maybe even a hapahu everything should turn over and this should be uh just meeting with mashiach right now amen okay that's going to do it we're going to take sure. a quick commercial break and we'll be right back you're listening to the jewish hour We all know there's an opiate epidemic, but Advanced Rapid Detox has a solution for people addicted to pain pills, heroin, and dependent on Suboxone and Methadone. Advanced Rapid Detox performs detox under sedation in the hospital. Patients sleep through withdrawals and wake up without cravings. Dr. Julia Aronoff and the staff at Advanced Rapid Detox help people restore their lives and the lives of their families. Addiction affects everyone, even in the Jewish community. And Advanced Rapid Detox is there to help. Call 800-603-1813. That's 800-603-1813. Or visit them online at www.advancedrapiddetox.com. Herschel Finman here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. We have up next, for your listening pleasure, this is the Klezmer Conservatory Band. They're making a comeback they were very popular when they were in the, the New England Conservatory of Music as students. Oh, I don't even know how many years ago. Maybe in your late 70s, early 80s. And they managed to stick together. And the group, for the most part, has come back together. And they've done uh, some uh, really amazing stuff. This one, which is in honor of Purim, that's why it's a Purim song, is called the Bucharest, which Bucharest, I believe, is the capital of Romania, which is where a lot of these uh, refugees are going. This is the Bucharest Bulgar, and it's just for you.
New Year approaching, why go anywhere else for your holiday shopping when you can go to the Grove? Fully renovated, the Grove is located on Greenfield Road, just south of 696. At the Grove, you'll find the largest selection of kosher foods and wines in Michigan. Looking for fresh, round holiday challahs, honey cake, or exotic fruit for the New Year? The Grove has it. The Grove has the freshest produce, gourmet dairy, deli, and meats. They even have a kosher bakery and hot takeout right on the premises. It's The Grove on Greenfield Road in 696 for all your shopping needs. Herschel Fitman here. You're listening to The Jewish Shower. The Grove is also has all your shopping needs for Purim and for Passover. Full line of shmur matzah, kosher for Passover, everything. You know, my mother used to say people buy for Passover things they wouldn't eat a whole year. So uh, my favorite is, of course, is uh, kosher for Passover cake and kosher for Passover Cheerios. Yum. Anyway, up next, this is a very this is this is a really cool song. This is a uh, there's a yeshiva which I didn't know about in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and it's called Yeshiva Gavoha, which means the big boys yeshiva. Uh, this is they put together a song. This is not just some nya 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 nya. This actually they did a very good job. This is Besimchas Purim. It's called the joy of keeping Purim.
Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital, the same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurances accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Herschel Simon here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. This week is Purim. Purim is Wednesday night, starts at sundown, which because we changed the clocks and moved them forward, puts it an hour later, Po hiss. Before the day of Purim, the fifteenth or the sixteenth itself during the day, Wednesday, is called Tainus Esther. We commemorate the fast of Esther, where Esther was fighting, uh, fa- fasting during the war, which uh, was going on the day before, which we celebrate Purim. There's a rule that says that those people who are night, night, not fighting the war have to fast. And so people should therefore fast in commemoration of the war, which was going on at that time when 75,000 people who had taken up arms to kill Jews were themselves killed and no Jews were killed. And that goes from dusk into, uh, dawn until dusk and until finally the, the reading of the Menorah of Megillah. Uh, in the afternoon, it's customary to give machsis hashekel, this is a man thing. Men go to synagogue, whatever, and they give three half silver dollars or whatever your half of your currency is. It's called a half shekel. And that is to remind us of the half shekels which were give during, given during temple time to pay for sacrifices on behalf of the entire community. And that's something which is still done today because you never know. Shiach will be here and we're going to need money for those sacrifices. And uh, Wednesday night, we read the Megillah. Then Thursday, we read the Megillah again, sometime during the day, anytime from sunrise to sunset, specifically not dawn to dusk, but sunrise to sunset. We, as I said at the onset of the show, we give gifts of food to at least one person, and we give at least two gifts of a gift of charity to at least two people. And we have a very festive meal. And at Jewish Ferndale, we will be having a festive meal. Megillah reading will be at 5.30, which is free. If you just want to hear the Megillah, that's fine, no problem. Just come by at 1725 Pinecrest Drive. There will be a grand feast, which Hannah Finman puts on the best show you ever ever thought of ever thinking about as far as this meal goes. It's the best meal of the year, which is what it's supposed to be. And there is a charge for that, and you can pay for that in advance or pay more at the door at www.jewishferndale.com. And that will be followed by a concert featuring uh, half a dozen artists. The headliner is Ethan, uh, Ethan Davidson, who's a fo- local folk musician. They're all locals. We didn't bring anybody in for this one. And uh, that's the cost of that for admission is a donation to help Ukrainian refugees. And we will be distributing 100% of all proceeds from the dinner and from the concert. We'll be going to aid people like Hani Kamenetsky, who is in exile 
and uh, everybody <laughs> everybody needs money. So uh, I thank God. You know, we look at each other and we say, at least we're not in Ukraine. So this is uh, that's become like the. Uh, the, the low life. At least it's not, we're not, somebody's got something going wrong. At least you're not in Ukraine. So we got to help those people out. This is one of the reasons it says, one of the th- reasons why Purim was such a horrible decree because there was a decree and one day all Jews living in the country should be killed. And as it happened then, every Jew in the world lived in one country. There was no place to go. Outside of those 127 countries which stretched from Ethiopia to India, that was considered the civilized world. Outside of that was considered barbaric. People just didn't go there. You're talking, this is 2,500 years ago. This is before Aristotle. This is this is when, like, Thebes and uh, Sparta are still, like, waging war against each other. This is where, like, you know, the, the ancient history starts when you're back in school and whatnot. This is even before the word philosophy had been invented. So there was nowhere to go, which made it much so much more more terrible. Whereas now, okay, so it's not okay, but there's a problem in Ukraine, 50,000 Jews. I didn't ask her how many there were. She thought there was, but the number is anywhere between 50,000 and 200. I'm thinking it's closer to 50,000 which is still a lot of people. And when I understand, 30,000 Ukrainian Jews have already left the country. There's other places for them to go. They can go to Israel. They can go to America. Okay, there are Jews that are now, how the tables have changed. Uh, in World War II, people were fleeing, and they wound up, like, say, for example, in Russia, and wound up in, like, Tashkent and Baku and Samarkand, these places. Here it is now. Jews are running from Russia, and they're running to Germany. There's a whole article I saw today about how the uh, Chancellor of West Germany greeted all these Ukrainian Jewish refugees. So the world the world changes, and uh, it's a good thing now that Jews are, say, scattered around the world in every place so that we can afford a an opportunity for Jews to go elsewhere. But during Purim time, they did not have that opportunity. And so this is what makes that celebration of Purim so much greater, as the expression is, Vinahapahu, I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks, that the days were converted. It was like, this is going to be the end of things. And then suddenly, it's like in a blink of an eye, the flick of a switch, the whole demeanor, the whole environment, the whole atmosphere switched from, uh-oh, oh no, to yippee. Jews are now living still in Gullis. As good as things things may be, with the three-car garages in West Bloomfield and elsewhere, we're still in Gullis. The Gemara says, Vakati avde Ahashverush Anan. We are still slaves to Ahashverush. We have never achieved our independence, even with the country of Israel. But Israel, look, you'll see. I announced in the news. Thank God they gave them a billion and a half dollars to protect themselves. We still rely on others. Because we're still in exile. Things are not as good as they could be. As good as they are, they definitely could be better. And that's one of the things when we say that we're hoping that even in the greater Detroit area and wonderful place that the North America has been, that it could be better. Mashiach will come. We'll all, the world will be in a state of perfection. 
and then it'll surely be Nahapahu. Things turned over. We have to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. We've got a Hasidic story coming up for you. Don't go away. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. Hi, this is Spex Howard. The Spex Howard School of Media Arts is proud to have been a sponsor of the Jewish Hour and bring quality radio programming to the community. While much of the funding comes from its sponsors, listeners like you help keep the Jewish Hour on the air. Please send your tax-deductible donation to the Jewish Hour, 1725 Pinecrest Drive, Ferndale, Michigan, 48220. That's 1725 Pinecrest Drive, Ferndale, Michigan, 48220. Your help is greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. Would you like to get in touch with me? Go to my website, rabbifinman.com, and right on the home page you have way of contacting me, and I'll contact uh, you back, and we, everything will be cool. You'll also you'll find the uh, archived editions of the radio show. There's ways in which we presented Judaism in an inter- interesting and educational and fun way in different modes and modalities and media. And there's also the very important donations page. Yes, everybody, <laughs> you have to pay to play. Everybody needs money. And it, it was true. The Ukrainians, I will say, if you have a dollar and you have a choice where to give that dollar, give the dollar to Ukraine. Maybe give 90 cents to Ukraine and give 10 cents to the Jewish hour. Something to that effect. Yes, Dave, you're talking uh, life and death. And here we're just talking a nice luxury where you get to enjoy yourself and listen about wonderful Jewish things. But we've been on air now. It's 20 seven years this is our anniversary month 27 years that we are on air and uh no 26 years i'm sorry we started 1994 1994 to 22 no we're in 28 years i lost track we're 28 years that we are on the air amazing so um we've only done it with help like yours we uh baruch hashem were paid up through january february has to get paid up and now we're in march so uh, do your part. We appreciate everything that you're able to give, and it also your donation also helps all the other organizations that Jewish Friend uh, Jewish Hour is a part of under the same umbrella as Jewish Ferndale and other organizations. So you're not just helping a radio show; you're helping you're helping the world in general, and it's a great thing. The Hasidic story, 1953 Purim. The Lubavitcher Rebbe was for bringing. The amount of Lubavitchers in 1953 was not great, but it was bigger than what they could do in, in their normal place, and so they had to rent a hall uh, down the street in a big neighborhood, a big wedding hall, and the place was packed. And the Rebbe was talking about Purim and giving insights into Purim, and uh, in the middle of some, he just like suddenly stopped what he was talking about. And he began telling a story. That in 1906, the Russians declared that they're going to have elections for like, uh, I don't know, was it the, the diet or whatever, local elections. And the then Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rebbe Rishab, let out a word that everybody should go vote. So there's people went, they, the Rebbe says, we're going to go. So there's one guy felt, if the Rebbe said, I have to do something, this is a, this is a mitzvah. So he got up early, and he went to the mikvah specifically to purify himself, and he davened with great intention, and he went wearing his uh, gartel, his uh, loins girded, 
in a way for doing something holy. And he came to the polling place. He had no idea what it is. They know who has elections. This is Russia. There's no elections. He doesn't know what the word vote even means. But somebody's standing up and he's giving a camp a stump speech about some specific candidate. And at the end of the candidate, they're talking about the certain candidate. Everybody, uh, everybody started chanting. Now in Russian, they don't say hooray. They say hoorah. So everybody's going, hoorah, 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 which in Hebrew, hoorah means he is bad. And so he's thinking, everybody's saying, this guy's bad, this guy's bad, this guy's bad. So the author, so the Rebbe at that point said, I think we also need to do the same thing. And he started saying, hoorah, hoorah. And the whole audience erupted in this chant. I don't know how long it was. It was 1953. It was before I was born. Hoorah, hoorah, hoorah. Okay, he's evil. That night, at about that time, that the Rebbe was chanting hoorah, Stalin, suffered a debilitating stroke. And he died two days later. There was a horrible trial that was going on, the famous doctor's trial, where all these, Stalin killed more people than Hitler ever could have thought about. 25 million people died under Stalin, not just Jews, everybody. If you were like, breathe, anything that was not Stalin, you were dead. Really evil man, hoorah, he was evil. And he accused all these Jewish doctors of plotting to kill him. And they were, they were going to get killed, these people. And it looked really, the charges were really, uh, this is serious. When he died, the case was dropped. And all those doctors were able to live. That's going to do it. We hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope we had a chance to educate you a bit. We hope you have a great week. A happy Purim. Do all those things that we're supposed to do on Purim. Come to Jewish Ferndale on Thursday night, March the 17th. We'll see you again back next week. Take care. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.